name's Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 374 of Video Games Hot Dog, a podcast. A vi- Internet pirate it's, radio station. It's okay. I'm over it. About video games. Oh, really? <laughs> no, Is it I'm just not. because I kept fucking it up? <laughs> I'm not really over it. Yeah. I really want you to keep doing it. <laughs> Video Games Hot Dog, a pirate radio show on the internet. What differentiates us from uh, terrestrial radio, Jim? Well, terrestrial radio happens, it's, it happens in, in um, it's radiation. It's going through the air. And we happen through wires that come out of your coaxial cable in the, in the wall. You think every step of the way from us to the listeners is coax? <laughs> Sounds right. I, yeah. I think terrestrial <laughs> radio should travel through the ground, shouldn't there it? Might be some, there might be some Cat5 involved. Mm. Terrestrial uh, radio would be like earthquakes. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, just very low. Fr- maybe earthquakes are just like uh, really loud whales, whales talking to each other very slowly. It's like, you know how we run like an undersea cable to get internet to Europe? Maybe uh, earthquakes are just whales uh, using an underland cable to, uh, you know. Sure. Sure, I get it. To get their pod blasts. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They're podcasting. (laughs) Very good. How, how are you, Riff? Uh, doing okay. How are you? Good. Did you like my whale joke? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Has anything interesting happened to you in the last week, Riff? Um, no, nothing new. I read, I read a comic book you'd probably like. Really? Uh, called uh, Die by it's uh, Kieran Gillen's new uh, comic that he's doing. The the first. Uh, trade paperback collection of like the first i think five or six issues just came out the last couple of days have you heard about about? have you heard about it's it's okay so the setup is that uh these six teenagers in 1991 start playing a uh, a fantasy role-playing game basically dungeons and dragons but not not dungeons and dragons and they vanish mysteriously and then reappear Equally mysteriously, two years later, uh, completely unable to talk about what happened to them, and what eventually, and oh, and then their their lives just keep going, and then the story jumps to present day when they're all like 30, 35 years older, or whatever it is. They're all in their late thirties, early forties, and uh, the the one of them that didn't come back. Uh, one of, one of the, one of the guys that did come back receives in the mail that person's like individual 20 sided die, like their special 20 sided die. Uh, and, and at this point, like you still in the story don't know anything that's, that's going on that like where they went or what happened. But, uh, this, him getting this, this die in the mail, uh, sets into, into motion him collecting back the the other four the other four uh, people and uh they uh, I, I don't want to spoil anything so i don't yep. want to say what they do but stuff happens and it and it kicks off like real weird like it, it's it's um like what was the uh the thing it's like a 
Stranger Things. It's like a yeah, it's like a goth version of the Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, kinda. Okay. Like like imagine imagine if imagine if the kids from the D and D cartoon escaped and then grew up and then had to go back for some reason. And they all have like huge interpersonal problems and problems with their own lives and, and things like that. That is, that is sort of the summary. Yeah, it's really can interesting. You, and you finish this thing? Uh, I've I've read the 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 five or the five or six issues that are in the trade paperback. Yeah, but there. Okay, so so my question was going to be: Does it have an ending? Oh, I I do not know if he is plan planning to end it after. A, it's an ongoing series. Right. Okay. I don't I don't know what his plan for how long it's going to be. All is. right. Yeah. He, let me know if it ends and then I'll read it. The um, he is also like simultaneously as as part of like the world building that he's doing for writing the thing he is also writing the actual tabletop role-playing game huh. and he with the with the publication of the the first trade paperback he uh he put the link up to like the beta version of the uh of the rpg uh he didn't want to publish it earlier than that because it contains some spoilers for the first part of the comic book um, but yeah, it's a, it's a pretty interesting system. It, 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 it's, the system is set up with you. Everybody in the game is rolling up or not rolling up, devising a character of a real life, not well, of a, a, a regular world person. And that character rolls up a character to play in this role-playing game <laughs> so you you start out like sitting pretty, around that's pretty deep yeah you start out sitting around a table deciding who the 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 real world characters you're going to be and like what their personal relationships are and and what the problems they've had in their life are and so on and then you do the sort of like you know everybody gets up from the table and and goes to the bathroom or whatever, and then when everybody comes back and sits down at the table again, now you're in character as those people, and now you role play them, role playing this this game. <laughs> do do you roll up stats for the real world people? Uh, no, just 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 narrative stuff for them. You do have stats for their game characters though yeah right and they're they're really interesting because he's he's taken sort of like like twisted variations of the the traditional uh character classes like the 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 cleric in this game um rather than worshiping a god it treats gods as like a demonologist would like exchanging favors with them and the the bard character can directly manipulate people's emotions without their consent and uh the fighter character is just spawn (laughs) potentially the the fighter character uh you choose one of eight different emotions and so like he can be a rage knight or a sorrow knight or a joy knight and his powers accumulate as he like feels these emotions and then can expend them to defeat and basically like anything depending on the level of emotion basically so 
at some point, one of the characters has to, has to like stop taking their antidepressants. Yeah, but yeah, maybe that <laughs> I could see totally see that happening in a game of this. Yeah. Are there like random encounters where the pizza guy shows up and you have to take a break and like, <laughs> well, part of, of it, your second order character? Part of it is that the second order characters are literally physically being transported into this fantasy world. So I. Uh, you you the the GM would have to create some weird circumstance where the pizza guy accidentally got sucked into the <laughs> fantasy world for that to make any sense. But you know, you could do that, I'm sure. Well, he was going to get fired if he didn't get it delivered in a half an hour. So, I mean, what's he going to do? <laughs> Not go through the yawning portal? <laughs> His job is on the line, buddy. Yep. Yeah, it's good. I recommend it. Speaking of yawning portal, uh, one to hell has been opened in the center of San Francisco. Oh, and yeah. it is a thousand degrees and everything sucks. So I hear. It's been like 97, 98 here the past couple of days, but fortunately we'll be over it for the rest of the week, I think. It's what? like, it was high 80s inside my house downstairs uh, on Monday, Sunday. Uh, like it was not, it was just not bad in Arizona because that whole city is built on air conditioning. Yeah, right. and also it's a dry heat. So, so that's true. You know, you sweat and it works. Yeah. It's not the heat, it's the humidity. I got them all cut, Kevin. Yep. Are you working hard or <laughs> hardly working? Hi, sweaty, I'm dead. It's the cobblestone. <laughs> Wait a second. Is it's not the heat, it's the humidity. Is that a pun? No, it's just a it's just a cliche. Oh, okay, all right, all right. No, I'm I'm okay. I'm on the same page. Um, yeah, it sucks. Uh, it's they keep saying it's over tomorrow, but then every day tomorrow comes and it's still a billion degrees. Hot. Yeah. Uh, why doesn't Trump build a wall to keep out climate change? That's what I want to know. <laughs> all right, that's our one building a wall joke quota for the episode. What have you been up to, Jim? So I was going to talk about my delightful, ever-changing Scion. Okay. Uh, but something more important happened to me, which <laughs> is that during the heat wave yesterday, I sat on my own balls huh. for the first time in my life. Like like to the point of it being problematic? Uh, to the point injurious. where like, I, I, needed to, I needed to adjust myself before something bad happened. Huh. Um, and I think this was a combination of two things. One is that I'm an old man now and the other is the heat and like these two, yeah. it's like a rogue wave mm -hmm. where, well, cause your body is just pushing them further and further away, like as far as possible away yes. right? because of the yeah. heat. It needs to be as far away from this old thing as possible because <laughs> they want to be as young as possible. Okay. Uh, and I think the solution to this is, you know how, like, when one is wearing a skirt and sits down, one will, like, brush it forward as they sit? Mm, mm -hmm. I think that's what I start to need to start doing. <laughs> oh, no. Well, what about just, like, toss them over your shoulder? Okay. <laughs> oh, like, like a, a continental, continental soldier. soldier. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. It's your job, Zach, in editing to make sure those happen at the same time. <laughs> um, okay. So you could... You could... Tie some fishing line around uh, them. No, all right, I'm with you so already, far. Isn't already that how right. you get like geldings? With <laughs> and then and then run the fishing line up underneath your suspenders, 
and you just attach it to the suspenders and down mm-hmm. the back mm-hmm. and clip it under your belt loop so that uh. when you sit down it automatically like the relationship between your balls and your back belt loop is always the same no matter what angle your legs are at what well, maybe you just need like a second smaller set of suspenders <laughs> or i could just like duct tape duct tape them to my oh, belly that uh, would oh that would feel terrible <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, that's a weird kind of binding. Yeah, because then if it got cold, oh yeah. Do you know the test, like the home test that you can do to see if erectile dysfunction is psychological or physical? Have you heard about this? I did not know that. If you take a roll of stamps, look at a picture of B. Arthur. (laughs) If you take a roll of stamps and you like surround your your flaccid member when you go to sleep, uh. If you have a like a nighttime erection, um, like a like an unconscious one, you wake up in the morning. The stamp roll, the stamp will be broken. Like the perfor- it'll have torn on the perforation, <laughs> so that you that is a way that you can like self-diagnose whether it's a this it's a physical or a psychological. <laughs> what if what if you sleepwalk and accidentally and crawl into a mailbox <laughs> thinking that thinking that it's a phone booth? Did you read about this in like a farmer's almanac? Like, uh, no, this was this was uh, a thing that I heard about in college. And mm, yeah, uh, that seems like a thing you would hear about in college. Is yeah. this just like a trick to get somebody to put stamps on their I, dog? Dude, I don't know. It's like the cancer hand. I, mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, anyway, I just heard about that. It reminded me of this because of the. <laughs> if your balls are bigger balls than my <laughs> face, it means you have cancer. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> uh, you don't want to talk anymore about your son, though? Oh, I mean, I could. Yeah, I want to hear it. So, Dad Jr. is now locomoting. <laughs> don't think you can call him Dad Jr. <laughs> but why not? <laughs> he's like, I'm Dad, and he's my kid. And Okay. He's, uh... You're, that, mean, that also makes you Kid Senior. Sure. Okay. <laughs> but I would never say that. It would be rude. All right. To him, um, Kid Senior's my father. <laughs> Call me Kid. <laughs> I think you uh, mean Dad's monster. <laughs> he is—he's uh, not crawling, but he is like scooting around and rolling around to get what he wants. Which means we can't like duck out of the room for a second while he's in a safe place, because hmm. he will very quickly like find the edge of the carpet where all the gross shit accumulates. We could put him in. You could put him in a literal safe, and then it would probably be fine. We could put him in a playpen, okay, and then that would that would work until he gets old enough to like climb out and then fall on his head, which is what happens <laughs> at a certain age. Okay. Does the pen stand for penitentiary <laughs> in <Yeah>. playpen? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Baby jail. Yep. Does do animal pens stand for penitentiary? Mm-hmm. Okay. Epipenitentiary. <laughs> <laughs> the chicken cooperative. What uh is a playpen still a thing? I would have thought maybe that was unconscionably cruel. <laughs> I mean, you it, sometimes you have to just take a break from your kid. Like but you, you put just, toys and stuff in there. It's you, like it's just a it's oh, just, yeah. just some it's ropes like, and yeah, no, you, some thumbtacks. You give him a thing to play fishing with, fishing like, line, so and some comet in case he decides he wants to clean up. My kid will like be stamps. enthralled. <laughs> like you give him, you give him something with an interesting shape or a texture, and he'll just 
feel it for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But you, not you, you're so out of touch with your sense of touch. Right. I was tweeting about this. I know. Uh, Literally out of touch. Yeah. And I'm just like, I'm jealous of this guy. I'm jealous of like his ability to learn like his his work ethic at like figuring <laughs> shit how to do shit. You could steal his brain. Hmm. It'll fit. You could trade. So okay, so if you traded brains with him, you would suddenly be in a body that had never experienced anything. Right, so would right. everything be new to you? Um you'd have all new like hormones and stuff. That's a really interesting philosophical question that I have put a lot of thought into over decades and never come up to a satisfying conclusion if you like swapped a swapped a physical brain like i'm not even certain that it makes sense like that it that the question makes sense i think um the brain and the body are um not really separable they're kind of the same system a professor guillotine would beg to differ I don't know if uh, that was invented by a guy named Professor Guillotine, but I'm choosing to believe that it was. <laughs> he definitely had a PhD. But yeah, I was I was lamenting how like so much of what I touch nowadays is just like the glass on my phone, which is a real like like I I do kind of have some nostalgia for mo- for in large part for that reason for like the the era when, like, nerd toys all felt like different things. Like buttons or, like, a Han Solo action figure. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. What? Laser, uh, laser tag gun. Yeah, those kind of felt. I would say, I don't know, if you put a laser tag, if you if you closed your eyes and somebody put a laser tag gun in one hand and then, like, a Star Wars blaster pistol in the other hand, would you be able to tell the difference? Or, a, you know, a super soaker? Ooh. Or a Mr. Potato Head. <laughs> that one you'd probably. <laughs> is the Super Soaker filled? Oh, hmm. And what is it filled with? Helium. Okay. So. All right. I probably couldn't tell. Yeah, there you go. Do you think that phone UX will get better or do you think that everyone is just used to a kind of objectively shitty user experience and we'll get more used to it and we'll get more used to it and it will just get worse i i think it's probably going to be the second one like even like our best efforts with vr even you don't touch anything like you touch the the weird hand controllers but they don't feel like different things depending on the different things you're grabbing in the game yeah it's not like lawnmower man right (laughs) like i can i can imagine a world where haptic feedback is good and satisfying and meaningful but like it doesn't seem like we're anywhere close to it on a even even like even on an installation level um let alone the consumer level like, so I've seen um, people, t- I, I've seen, I don't know if I actually like saw a video of this, but I have a picture of it in my head of like a touchscreen that has the ability to kind of like form physical bumps on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, I saw a video of that. Yeah. Um, and I think that might help. But that's still just going to feel like a membrane keyboard. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe, like... maybe with like really judicious use, use of, uh, 
vibration like the uh I think they started doing on the iPhone like where there's not there isn't actually a button on the yeah. the home button it just vibrates and the vibration is convincing I thought. Yeah. So like maybe maybe you could get like uh a decent feeling like buttonish thing that way and that would be good. Yeah, that at that point like there could be a whole um area of research of like how do you simulate different sorts of interfaces with that like can you do like a like a slider or like a, a fader on a mixer. I mean, science fiction has always assumed that everything would become touch screens. Not always, but for the last, like, say, 40 years. Yeah. It has assumed that everything would be touch screens. And that, I mean, it's nice to have a UI that can be whatever it is, yeah. right? It's Yeah, that's a huge advantage. But, like, every time there's an iPad in a museum, it's fucking broken and you just don't get to do whatever that exhibit is. Yeah. And you have to go look at the things that are just like nailed to the wall and that's how they work. And you still get to look at those. I I think it's, I think it's movie movies that did that. Like minority report. Yeah. That sort of thing. Or Star Trek, the next generation. That was unclear what kind of interface that was like. You was never actually it, saw them using it, right? Until the very movie, rarely. until the movies, probably. I mean, yeah. it was just painted on, right? Well, and, it was and just Star like Trek stained glass. glass. Yeah, Star Trek, Star Trek is another great example of an interface that turns out to be terrible in real life, which is just speaking to your computer. <laughs> I think even the perfect version of Siri, I still don't want. Mm-hmm. There yeah. are definitely things like if I could just say aloud set a bacon timer for four minutes or whatever and then it's and that i feel like it would work yeah but it's not I've, that hard to pull my phone out and set a timer or just type four on the microwave right yeah, yeah i i have used the you know siri set a timer for five minutes or whatever but i always the the situation where like that's easier to do than yeah than just poking my phone and doing it myself is rare did you guys have smartphones when smartphones had like keyboards i had a sidekick for a little while how was that it was oh i mean it did what i needed it to do which was allow me to not be at my desk all the time when kol was constantly failing and required me to ssh into it to fix <laughs> oh, things right. you've talked about right this. so yeah. i like it was great for me like it suddenly allowed me to travel and not have to like occasionally rush to like a hotel business how would you to... compare typing on that to typing on a touch screen i think i'm faster on a touch screen now That's than i was on that because okay. i mean it's you know it's tiny little buttons that are kind of hard to press yeah with your thumbs yeah like i I look back on that era with like I, I I never had a phone like that. Like my first, my first smartphone was a was an Android. It, it was a post iPhone Android. So that was that was just the touchscreen stuff. Um, and I have no idea if that was that's a good that's a good feeling interface or not. It seems like it's nice. It should be. It, would be, it seems like it would be nice, but who knows? You know what's a good interface? A mechanical keyboard. Yeah, I tweeted about that too. Wow. Yeah, that and and mine feels great. Like, I'm vindicated, man. They're back. People, they're people are enthusiasts about them and buying new ones. And I just never stopped. I just bought a keyboard in the '90s and never stopped using that keyboard. You bought like <laughs> ten. I have them. continued to buy that. Yeah, like I'll every once in a while I'll buy a couple more. <laughs> 
but, I think I have enough to last me the rest of my life well, unless a bunch and, of accidents But happen. also, like, you don't need to worry about them not making mechanical keyboards anymore. I guess that's true. That's a good point. I might be able to find one that's actually better yeah. than the one that I'm using. Riffs is super loud. Yeah. Nice, nice clackety one. one. By DOS. I think really? it's Cherry Blues. MS DOS? No, D-A-S. Oh, the DOS keyboard. Yeah. That's not confusing at all. <laughs> I, it just means the keyboard. <laughs> right. What have you been up to, Kevin? Uh, just uh, trying to not die. Melting. I, uh, it's been bad. It's been real bad. I, I like past two days. I just stayed at home in my boxers, would spritz myself with water, and sit in front of a fan. Because that was the only way that I could find to like keep cool. Yeah, that's the other reason I haven't really been getting much work done. Yep. That's I got gross. up at 5 yesterday, and it was really nice outside. And I came into the office, and I got a few hours of really, really good work done. And then I got hot, and all of my strength drained away again. My uh, my computer kept overheating while I was trying to work. And so it had only been able to work at night. Yeah, the my laptop would just sort of stutter and then freeze up while I was trying to get stuff done both yesterday and today and it's mm. super annoying. You need like My laptop was not capable of running Hearthstone without overheating, but that's wow. the only thing. Um You need some of those true, like freezer gel packs to to sit your oh, laptop on. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. And also to sit on myself. Yeah. Just stick them underneath all of just your clothes. Just wrap you just wrap your balls in <laughs> just make an athletic supporter out of the uh, ice packs. Mm. Yeah. That's good. We didn't talk about installing an air conditioner in my, in my pants. That would have been a much better solution than anything we mentioned. <laughs> I do I have, have parachute I, pants, but with an air conditioner unit. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I forget where I got it. It must have been on Amazon, but I have a thing that's like, it's like a thin, it's like a, one of those gel pack things, except it's in a thin pad, maybe, I don't know, eight inches by 12 inches or so, and you put it under your pillowcase. Hmm. It's super effective. It's probably getting to be about time to drag that out again. That sounds nice. I have one of those things like if uh, if you're a guy in a New Yorker cartoon with a hangover, like one of those bags that you have on your oh, head. Oh, yeah. Uh, like an old style ice pack bag. It's very, very useful. And it was like $6 on Amazon. Did they, say, did they say cool. New Yorker? Yeah, New Style. Yorker hangover bag. Yeah. Is that how you search for it? Mm-hmm. Well, have you guys been playing any video games? Yes. What are they, Kevin? I played... Uh, so at your house, I saw that you had a game on your Switch that looked interesting, and you had sort of wandered away from it, um, and I eventually came back on out on sale, and so I bought it, and I played it, and it was called... Blossom Tales, oh, oh. Uh, the Sleeping King or something. Uh, it's great. It's a lot of fun. It's basically just a... A Zelda. It's just a Zelda. Um, it has a lot of similarity, similarities to Zelda, to the point where like your sword upgrades and then it glows, and then you get it upgrades to the point where if you're at full health, it like has a projectile that shoots out when <laughs> you swing your sword. I'm like, okay, so super Zelda thing. You're not looking for three pieces of the Triforce. You're looking for three ingredients to make a potion to wake up your king. Um, yeah, but it was great. It's It's got dungeons. It's got cool overworld stuff. How long is it? Lots of secrets. I would say 
10 or 12 hours maybe i played through the whole thing this past week because the switch was the only thing that wasn't overheating (laughs) (laughs) um the switch has a fan doesn't it it does yeah and it was on yeah um and then i also uh i got a game which kind of looked good from the store called mars or die which is sort of like a little rts type game but it was bad and i kind of regret getting it it's uh it's just like it's just not fun to control and the the like little situations they put you in just i was just playing through the, like the tutorial and i was just like this isn't this is just not enjoyable so i felt i felt duped by some funny screenshots can you refund games on the switch not that i'm aware of you mm. might be able to but i i, I mean i'm not going to I'm not going to take my money back. It was like ten dollars. That's fine, but still, I don't know what I wanted. I wanted something that was like short but like interesting. That's kind of like what my ideal game right now in my life is, and uh, I was hoping that that would fit the bill. But I think it's. I think I've heard it's pretty short, but I uh, did not find it interesting. Yeah. How about you, Zach? What have you been playing? Uh, I played... Uh, I bought that uh, Devolver bootleg oh, yeah. collection. Oh, How is that? It's... In almost every case, I prefer the, like, Nintendo demake to the actual game. Huh. Uh, That's funny. So it's got, like, an Enter the Gungeon, except that it is locked to firing in eight directions, which would just make Enter the Gungeon so much better in my mind. And I know that that's false. It was like a Robotron. I know. guess. I guess that's false. I don't... A lot of people who really like The Binding of Isaac also really like Enter the Gungeon. And Enter the Gungeon, to me, is just, like, unplayable because of its controls. Like, is, I will never, ever be any good at it. Is Nuclear Throne eight-way shooting, or is it... No, Nuclear Throne is also... Nuclear Throne and Enter the Gungeon and, like, Hotline Miami all have the, the like, WASD and mouse reticle for which way you're, you're pointing. I'm surprised that people aren't doing more eight-way stuff, because, like, there's a, a... There are huge game design advantages to doing something that is so fixed. Yep. Yep, I agree. Um... And I almost, like, I don't know, maybe you just couldn't play Enter the Gungeon effectively if it were limited like that. Well, but probably because the whole game is designed around yeah. shooting in any direction, right? Yeah. But even if they just had a mode that was just like, just shoot with the arrow keys. Well, they made it in this uh, demake. Sort of. Okay. It's not great, though, because it's like D-pad and two buttons. All of these things are designed D-pad and two buttons. Mm. They did an actually reasonable job of, uh, you know, kind of like that Andy Raitano game... Uh, what was it called? The space duel one? Oh, that was... He just helped them make the... Um, oh, just make the hardware. Hardware. I think that was somebody else. That was a very clever interface for moving a spaceship around and doing different attacks and stuff with just the limited number of buttons that you had. This is, like, if you're shooting, you'll strafe. Like, if you hold down the hmm. shoot button, you'll strafe. Otherwise, you'll shoot in the, yeah. in the direction that you're, you're moving. Uh, 
there was a Hotline Miami demake called Hotline Milwaukee, which you pick <laughs> one of the animal masks, which I don't know what that does in Hotline Miami, but then you just play some, you know, pretty simple Hotline Miami style levels where you're beating up dudes and taking different weapons, and it's just a radically simplified one where you don't have to aim with the mouse. And, yeah, the, uh, the masks good. in Hotline Miami are just like the, they're like the 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 tweaks on the playable characters in the, the um, in Void Bastards where one of them just coughs all the time. Mm. It's they're things like that. I see. Uh-huh. Yeah, they have but they like have minor advantages. Yeah, they have like numerical functions, but they're not big. Like actually, one of them. I remember one of them. The one that I just used for the whole game was the one where. I think it's that when you open a door into somebody, it neither either knocks them down or kills them, hmm. which was pretty big. So did you just I think, keep I think it'd be the latter. Doors. I think it it, it <laughs> naturally does. It naturally knocks them down. But yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, it has a a thing called Cat Game, which is like Gato Roboto except uh, Castlevania instead of Metroid, okay. but sort of. Uh, ghosts and goblins, like you get hit once and you're knocked out of your armor. There's like a down, like a sort of a simplified downwell on it. There's an ape out junior, which is just <laughs> like kind of Donkey Kong Junior, but with ape out. Um, anyway, it's did cute, it, and it costs did like it have dynamic drums, two dollars or something. No, I don't think it did. Oh. Uh, I also played a couple of hours of a game that I think I can say with quite a bit of confidence that you, Kevin, would really like it a great deal if you haven't already played it, uh, which is uh, the Niflis game Urnog Urn Limited. I haven't played that. It is a game that I would never have played based on the fact that that name is so meaningless that sure. it would never even have occurred to me to look up what kind of game it what was. Kind because of game is it? Yeah, which is dumb, right? And I'm sure that mm. there is stuff that I am missing that I would love that I, for whatever dumb reason, just doesn't enter my radar. I have seen that name, Urnog Urn Limited, a thousand times, and it just woke up nothing inside me. Not even like a marginal curiosity about what it might be. It is, in fact, fucking great. Uh, It's... It reminds me of Recursed quite a bit. Uh, You are... You're a person who's two blocks high running around a very like sort of grid defined platforming space. It looks nice. It looks like uh, a more on purpose version of that, like two X Eagle interpolation stuff that NES emulators will do. It's very like fixed grid, but 45 degree angles are allowed in the, in the shapes. Um, You, there are a bunch of different, like the the gameplay is that there are just dozens of different types of blocks and sort of block shaped and sized enemies all of which have different behaviors and different things that they do as regard to other blocks and as regard to different things in the world you can pick them up uh which you do like super mario 2 style where you're holding it over your head so like having something Holding an item, there are some doors that are too short for you to go through holding an item, so you just can't leave right. with them. And then some that are tall, uh, so you can take things in, you can take things out. You can also stick some items in like inventory slots to pull out later. Um, 
there's a central hub like save room which is persistent everything else you can reset like you can sort of just reset the state of the world in case you've like fucked up a puzzle and the world is just this kind of sprawling interconnected set of platforming levels that you go through doors uh looking for keys to unlock other doors but like it's very unrestricted like you can just take items from really far away into a place and maybe that does something interesting there. It's like, it feels like it is just full of secrets. Huh. And it, it also, it just like, it feels a lot like recursed. It's like, Oh fuck. If I had this thing from three rooms out, okay. Is there any way for me to get this in here? Like, okay. There are some things that are in rooms where you're not allowed to put anything in your inventory. Like there's, there's a, like this, if there's like a skull on the wall, that prevents you from taking anything out of there with you. There's also this kind of weird currency system where there's a village full of shops where you can buy blocks, but you have to buy them using currency. There are some blocks that when you're holding a block, you can also activate it, and that does different things depending on what block it is. There are a bunch of blocks that are just gems that give you some currency when you activate them. So you can, like, go out to levels and gather gems and bring them back to your save room, and then, like, reset the world and go do it again. And the gems are just piled up in there. And so then you can go buy something expensive if you use all of the gems. Uh-huh. It's got, it's got a, like, a weird little... You, you, you lose all your money when you die, but you can kind of bank... You can stock money by bringing gems into... There are certain things that are, like, slightly expensive. I never, like, got to the point where I needed to figure out what they were yet. There's, like, a bunch of different, like, little monster guys with different behaviors. And it's, like, very cute. And it's not... I got to one boss fight that I lost. It's a little aggravating. Every time you die, you just restart again in the dead center of the world with no resources. So, like, if you were really far away, it's like, well, fuck. I don't even remember how I got to where I was because it's this kind of single sprawling world. But I don't know. It's very, very good. And I just the whole time I was playing, I was like, Kevin would really like this game. It sounds sounds a little bit like Starseed Pilgrim. Yeah, it's less kind of abstract. It's still kind of abstract. Um, huh. What's the name again? Urnog. U-U-R-N-O-G. Urn Limited. U-U-R-N Limited. It just terrible. Just terrible name. It just doesn't mean anything or say anything. And I... So, like, if, if it's... If Urn Limited is the joke, then that means that Urnog just is just Unnog? Hmm. Unnog Unlimited? Which what does that mean? Unnog. I don't know if there was an Urnog before, right? If there was a small game called Urnog and this is Urnog Unlimited. Right. It's the guy that made Knit, which Riff, you really liked that, didn't you? Um Or am I thinking of something else? Am I thinking of like Cave Story? I think you're thinking of Cave Story. I I've, I I believe I've played Knit, but I don't remember it very well. But yeah, there, Knit was kind of, it was kind of neat. It was a very abstract sort of exploration K- game. K N Y T. Yeah. Oh, K N Y. Yeah, I remember really liking Knit and Knit Stories, but that was also back when there weren't that many indie games like of that scale yeah. and scope, mm-hmm. and and also like. Yeah, it's just that there's so there are so many games like that now that it, I have a hard time imagining they would stand out. Yeah, I I really like 
exploration in a game, but I want there to be something interesting to find. Right. Like, more than just it being a different environment, like, with a different color palette. Right. This definitely <clears throat> scratches that, because you'll find a new thing, and then you get to figure out how it works. And the, there, nice. uh, the world is also filled with these, like, teleporters that you can throw stuff into and then up to like nine things can go into these little buckets and then the next time you go to your save room those nine things will come out of the bucket in there oh, wow. so you can spend a lot of time like gathering up stuff to like kind of gear up with before you go out to to achieve something else but they're all just physics into the level that you're in um yeah i, just, I keep going back to it like a few minutes at a time and it's like i can usually just go like kind of accomplish something it's a little directionless like i don't really know how to tell if i'm done in a place and structurally it's kind of like if fez had no map instead of just the world's worst map <laughs> which honestly is preferable no map is better than having a bad map i think so yeah because at least with no map you're like well it's just my job to figure this out it's not like a, oh this should be helping me but it's not um Oh man, did you guys see the gameplay trailer that came out of E3 for Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines 2? Yep. Looks pretty fucking good. That's good. That's good. Looks like some it looks like some bloodlines. You got some vampires talking about other vampires and how you shouldn't break the masquerade, but then you've got some like dishonored ass teleporting around between rooftops shit that is like yeah, the only thing I've seen from E3 is an animated heath of from Breath of the Wild 2 where the person was claiming that Zelda is bisexual because of her haircut. Okay. <laughs> wow. How did you manage to avoid all of E3's oh, like, insanity? But I, I don't remember what year it was, but there was a year when I just broke, like during E3 where I broke and like, muted a whole bunch of E3-related keywords. I see. And maybe people who talk a lot about it. And so, like, I, I am, I'm still seeing a lot of stuff because okay. it's unavoidable. May, maybe but I just haven't, like, clicked play on any videos. Maybe it's just you, but I don't think it's just you. I feel like I see this. What Can you... I Okay, I'm not... I'm not trying to be, like, mean or accusatory. What is, like, what is the problem with seeing stuff out of E3? Like, is oh, it's it... it's just re being reminded that all of my friends are excited about this week-long advertisement. And when I wish they would be a little woker than that. Do you watch the ads in the Super Bowl? I don't watch the Super Bowl. Right, but do you watch the ads? No, I don't. I, I don't watch the ads on the Super Bowl either. Uh, okay. Okay, like what? I feel. Is Am I, I? Is it? I, I really feel like you hate ads just as much as I do. I, so I'm surprised that you're I, confused about this. I do, but I don't think a gameplay trailer for a video game that's coming out next year counts as an ad it's definitely an ad i mean it's like it's promotional okay but All it right. isn't like All right what's the distinction you're making here can you can you articulate it i don't know if i can okay uh other okay. than the shitty version of it which is to say that like ads 
are lies trying to convince <laughs> trying to convince you to buy a thing. Okay, that's like that's whereas gameplay footage is just here's here's the thing. Yeah, like this is what the thing is. Like the other thing that ads could be is that ads are what get in the way of you seeing what you want to see, and if you want to see the trailer, then that's yeah. I suppose that's true. Like because I mm. don't think like a movie trailer is also. An advertisement, I guess, but yeah, it's but it is that's... the only way you know whether you're interested in seeing a movie or not is yeah. to know anything about it. And so, what like you, you can't say advertising is is globally bad no matter what because otherwise you don't know what exists to buy. I mean, right? If if, if well, any, I... anybody who makes a thing has to be able to tell people that this thing exists. Oh, so. I don't know about that. I, I think I... <laughs> well, right, yeah, that's your... <laughs> no, I mean, I, I get it. I, I just, like, I... With West of Loathing, I chose to just not be involved in the decision-making about that stuff that's, because I knew that my predilections yeah. were only going to get in the way of people who knew what they were doing. And right, and not having, like, a partner who knew how to promote is why I'm where I am in the <laughs> game development space. <laughs> You also made a thing that couldn't be. Well, and on, on purpose. Like, yeah. I designed the project from the ground up to be like, how can we fuck advertising? Not not literally, but, like, it was, it was a factor for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm not saying it's totally rational, but, like, it is, like, I, for, for whatever reason, it was a year or two years ago where I was just, like, I just can't take this. I, I just can't take E3, and I'm I'm fine. I'm not fine, but I'm much better about E3 this year, just because I'm not so inundated with it. Specifically because I have all those keyword mutes, probably. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I skimmed the um, the uh, someone's summary of the Nintendo Direct. You know that that some of that stuff looks cool. I forget. Oh, the other news that I saw, I guess it's news for a second at the <laughs> okay, end of my what sure, have I been yeah. playing. Uh, the Toys for Bob Stardock thing got resolved oh. uh, just via a phone call between the two guys that really? ran the Really? The problem was this that he never talked? We're just like, hey, God, can we just fucking stop this and we'll just sort of carve this out in a way that makes sense and you can keep doing stuff and we can keep doing stuff and all those things can just coexist and be fine and we can share the money and 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 then they agree yeah okay I was, so, I was hoping that like the ending of that wasn't like a disaster yeah the ending of that sentence yeah and i mean it boy does that seem like the right way to yeah go about it because like you know because i think both of them even like i mean whatever i'm sure I'm sure that some of the stuff that's been written about Brad Wardell being a huge asshole is true, and I'm sure that some of it is exaggerated for engagement purposes, whatever. I'm sure that, like, the Toys for Bob guys are not as perfect as I imagine them to be. You know, probably probably Mark Rosewater's shit smells very, very bad. <laughs> I bet he hates his mother. Anyway, one thing, one thing that I am willing to believe about... Brad Wardell, as a guy who runs a video game company, is that he would rather make video games than fuck around in meetings with lawyers all day. Because I feel like that's true of almost everyone. <laughs> and, like, it feels like this just kind of found a common ground in that. And it's like, look, let's just stop 
spending our days on this and start spending our days making the video games that we want to make that don't interfere with each other in any meaningful way as long as we can just like draw some lines and uh, I, yeah. I don't know man that yeah I'm, I'm i'm glad that worked out it made me really happy to read about how that went down i'll uh i'll link to the thing that fred ford posted in the show notes what have you been playing jim uh i um i started giving uh fallen london money okay so i, I started doing their exceptional friend content oh neat which is so different from the rest of the game like I guess I've only done one of them, but like how is it different? It is like so. The fall, the fall in London is kind of structured um, in very discrete chunks, where like you do an action, and it's an action that is kind of that kind of lives in a pool of other barely related actions. Like you might do something twenty times in a row to grind, or you might do twenty completely separate things in a row. Um, but the, uh, exceptional friend content is a lot more like a twine game where it's actually structured as like, and in fact, it's like, it's kind of like the twine games that you would hypothesize or you said existed that I had never played where like, you're actually sort of in a space and you're moving around a space. Like you're moving from node to node, doing different things in different places and interacting with different people and kind of. Like, it's a little bit like playing a text adventure with different people in different rooms, and you're trying to figure out how to make each of them happy. And there's usually, like, a there's an item that just represents your progress through the story. Yeah. Well, in this case, it was, like, there were, uh, like, five or six items like that. Yeah. Um, And the items are, like, one of them is, like, you now have an air of mystery. And another one was, like, what outfit you're wearing. Yeah. Um, another one was like how much the ambassador approves of you. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it, it's really weird that it like then also ties back into the fallen London systems where like you're also, while you're doing this, you're collecting cryptic clues and they don't actually feed into the, uh, the exceptional friend content at all. As far as I could tell. I mean, I think they just, it's like us doing KOL sale content like if it doesn't have something that like the people who all they care about is optimizing yeah one and particular I, a- I, axis of gameplay then they just won't buy it. i mean like right. they're so they will dislike it if all it is is a bunch of new jokes and pictures right well and and maybe that would be different if it didn't take up actions too like because you're also like expending an action for everything you do which is it feel it like I'm sure, and I talked about this a few weeks ago about how like the economy in this game seems very, um, very rigid. Where like every action you take is worth a certain amount of echoes in in in, in a, if you convert it from items, if you sell them on the bazaar, and that amount goes up as you progress as you through get the better. Game, yeah, right? yeah, as yeah, you so. as you go, your stats go up. But I think like I think the exceptional friend content is not stat locked, hmm. and so. Um, it's probably good, a good return because um, you're paying for it. Yeah, I mean, if that's what you care about, which right. I suspect it's not. It's not, uh, but it is nice because I like I care a little bit about it. Yeah, um, and I, I'm sure that it just ends up being like a comparable amount of return. For like, like I got a pretty valuable item at the very end of it. Hmm. You know, it, it's it's very strange that this all feeds into the same economy. 
all the ones that I did were very good. Yeah. I like, like this one a lot. Yeah. Do you know, there must be a way to get access to ones in the past, right? I Yeah, you can pay Fate for them. And okay. fate, fate is the... the you buy in you buy currency in-game currency with this and like you can actually get fate very occasionally from stories ha- story stuff happening mm-hmm. in the game but it's rare enough that like you can't grind for it hmm. uh and i played oh, hang on a second i played a game called spy chameleon uh, which was another game that was just on my list of playstation plus things i'd never looked at uh, and it's sort of themed like you are sneaking into, you're, you're doing like espionage work, sneaking into somebody's house, but the way you actually play it, it feels like any other action game, except that like what you're avoiding is not like bullets or attacks. It's like the, the sight cones of the people you're trying to sneak past. Like, because as soon as you step into their sight cone, uh, the level ends and you start over. Oh, wow. Uh, so there's no, none of the, like, and maybe this is what defines a stealth game, is that, like, when you get spotted, you don't lose. You um, go into another state that also has to be fun, uh, where, like, you're being searched for or chased. Um. It does do this uh, kind of a neat thing where the, the the aspect of you being a chameleon plays into it where you can uh, – each of the face buttons on the PlayStation has a color, which I was aware of, but I did not have the colors memorized. Like I think the triangle is green, for example. Hmm. Um, and you become when – you, when you push those one of those face buttons, you turn that color. Hmm. And so you can hide on backgrounds that that match that color, and like I, I didn't realize like how ignorant I was of this aspect of the controller design until I tried to like turn a certain color on purpose, and found myself like bat mashing all of them. I thought that was inter- I thought that was like an interesting like. I I don't know if it really counts as game design, but I thought that was a really interesting like. Um like an eye-opening design choice that like, oh yeah, this, this whole, this, this device that I've been interacting with for decades has this feature to it that I never really thought about or, or looked at. Um, and in, is the circle red? I think so. Is the circle on the bottom? Circles on the right. Fuck. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I think the square is pink and the X is blue and the circle is red and the triangle is green, I think. Um, but like then if, if I, if I think about that, then I, then I have to remember like which, where, where the positions of all of them and yeah, it's a mess. Uh, and I'm so in, I'm also playing Stardew Valley still. Um, I I am very close to completing what seems like it's like the main like way the game measures progress, which is there's like a community center in the middle of town and it starts out very dilapidated and you um 
re- kind of kind of fix it up by providing the spirits who live there with they each have a wish list um and they're like you know, like a, a hundred items or so total that you mm-hmm. that they want you to find out in the world and these are things that you can grow or things you can forage for things you can mine or fish or whatever um and i'm very close to the end on that and like as you as you um finish these groups of items you get minor gifts from the the spirits and and it as you finish each room in the community center it unlocks like one of them unlocks the fast travel system which is convenient and one of them like you now you can you've repaired your greenhouse and you can then you know you can grow the you can grow whatever you want year round in that um and i don't know what like after that that's been the main like driving like so when i started playing this game i was being driven by like trying to figure out what the game even was and that was fun and now i'm kind of like moved over to now i'm being driven by like i want to finish this thing and if they don't provide me with something interesting to do after that i think i might have a hard time motivating myself to keep playing so i'm hoping that ends up being something interesting there's definitely still like mysteries there's there's still mysteries to the game like there's a a sewer key somewhere that I still haven't been able to get and I don't know how to get that and there's probably something interesting in the sewers or it might be a one room thing like sometimes like some of the things that the community center unlocked were not interesting we're not there was like a one of them unlocked a quarry which is was it quarry quarry where the rocks are from yeah quarry quarry um which is basically a way to mine without going into the mines without like the danger of there being monsters around. And it's not like, yeah, I'll go in there occasionally and clear it out because the, the rocks just spawn in new rocks spawn in every day. Um, sometimes with ore, but it's not like, like, it's not, yeah. (laughs) Well, they happen with, 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 uh, plate tectonics. Right. And it's just, it's right on a fault line. Maybe the, in the sewer, there's a volcano. (laughs) Oh yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, one thing that happened that I hadn't really thought about... Oh, actually, I, I wanted to mention this first. Like, I, the game started mentioning, like... Uh, I I started getting uh, these items that increase your energy bar. And it said, while you did this, like, you... You, you call to mind the thought of, like, a Frito-Lay cheese puff. Cheeto puff. And I was like, this is a very strange place for product placement in the game. Um, and then I remembered like 40 hours ago when the the game asked me like what my favorite food was. <laughs> huh. uh, I put that in because I'm playing as my wife. I, my char- I, I model my character after my, uh, after April. My wife. Um, and her favorite food is a Frito Lay cheese puff. Cheeto puff, yeah. Cheeto puff. Okay, yeah. I, yeah. Um, I don't think that's literally her favorite food, but I just thought it was it was funny, um, and she does like Cheeto puffs. Um, and so, like, I kind of, I, I, it was a very weird mental, uh, mental gymnastics I had to do to remember, like, first thinking that like it's like very strange that this otherwise very like uh 
like very hippie-ish game would just have an ad right in the middle of it. Um, and then I did that to myself. The advertisement was inside you all along. <laughs> right. For a guy who doesn't like ads, you sure did put ads inside your, inside your game. Yes, that's right. Um, but I, uh, one of the, f- one thing that happens pretty early on in the game is there is a, um, so in the intro cutscene, you quit your job at Joja Corporation to go live on a farm and like in town, uh, there is a Joja Mart, which is like a supermarket that just has, has just, uh, come to town and apparently like prices there are, um, are real cheap. Like you can buy seeds for less than you can at the general store. Uh, and, and, um, it's set up such that if you buy a membership to the Joja Mart, you like the community center gets demolished and replaced with a Joja warehouse. Do you get and so that, a bizarre that whole, adventure? I, I don't, I didn't try it, okay. but, but it sounded like, no, people were going like, to expect about, me to make that joke. So I, sorry. Okay, yeah, you've, you've done your duty. It's yeah. okay. Um, and, uh, apparently like the, uh, if you do that, you can't do any of the, the providing items to the community center spirits. And instead what you do is like, you just pay the Joja corporation to repair your greenhouse, um, which kind of like makes sense from a ludic perspective where like, if all you want is like, I just want to buy cheap seeds so I can grow crops more efficiently. Like it's way easier to just Prov- just pay money to repair all this stuff than to track down every individual weird little item. If you had a computer in your farmhouse where you could just order it from Amazon Prime yeah. and never actually have to leave the farm, yeah. I would actually want to play that game. Yeah. This, I bet there's a mod for that on PC. I want a game where you don't leave a farm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'm I'm really hoping that at some point like it, it really sets up uh, there like a um like a rivalry between Pierre's the general store and uh the Jojo Mart that I'm really hoping at some point pays off with like a, a like a a narrative beat yeah like a <laughs> <laughs> like a football game or something okay. where the, the employees of each place play each other. I learned uh, that after World War One, uh, when there was a, or maybe during World War One, uh, post like the sinking of the Lusitania, that there was all this uh, anti-German sentiment in America and uh, sauerkraut became referred to as a liberty cabbage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and a very uh, freedom fries right. kind of... Uh, yeah. Freedom you know. gas. Yeah. No, just farming reminded me of that. <laughs> the, the, were you playing a farming game in your head where you never leave a farm? Yeah, I was like, ah, oh, I should grow some sauerkraut. Yeah. I mean, liberty cabbage. <laughs> oh, I guess... I thought it... nobody made the narrative beat joke. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. If you like want to grow pickled vegetables, do you like do you just make you the vinegar really them acidic? instead of watering yeah. them? Yeah. <laughs> what have you been playing, Riff? Um, let's see. Mostly, I played the assignment, but I did play like one thing. Let me click back to my Steam library over here because I couldn't remember what it was called. 
Why do you keep your Steam library so far away from your podcast hole? <laughs> it's actually not that far away. I just assume that these mics yet got to be pretty close to them. Um, oh, it's called There the Light. I was looking for um, like like a good exploration game, like kind of bringing this back to the knit sort of thing again. I was just looking for like. I don't know, I was in the mood for like a pure exploration experience, so I looked on the exploration tag on Steam and and grabbed a couple of things that seemed like maybe they would be interesting. And the one that I ended up playing uh, was There the Light, which is... Um, it, it's kind of... It's not even really an exploration thing. It's... Um, it's basically a linear sequence of rooms and puzzles to unlock the next room. Um, it's not... I can't super recommend it. it. It looks really nice. It looks super nice. It, it's it got a similar art style to, like, The Witness. And, uh, and close to, if not equal, quality of that. Um, but it's it's basically just, like corridors and uh and linear sequences of of rooms or clearings or what have you with puzzles in them except the puzzles are on the level of like tap this stone tablet to make a dial appear and rotate the dial to the clearly marked spot on the on the circle and doing that makes a button appear and you push the button that's the puzzle. Huh. And it doesn't get any more interesting than interesting. It doesn't get any more interesting than that until like the last two of them in the game. <laughs> it's, wow. it's, it's, it's super just walking through these really pleasant, nice looking environments, uh, just poking on things to open the next door. It's, it's like, um, what was the, the the metaphor I thought of the or analogy that I thought of at the time was like imagine if yeah I don't know imagine if like mist except instead of solving puzzles all you were doing was turning on all the light switches <laughs> yeah it's uh... <laughs> hopefully hopefully the people that that did the art or or I don't know if it was even more than one person. Hopefully, hopefully, whoever made the art for that game will eventually team up with somebody that knows how a puzzle is, and I think that that would be potentially a super interesting uh, game. But it's not this one. Um, the other thing I briefly looked at was um, I think it's this one, Future Unfolding. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, What's that about? It is sort of a top-down exploration thing, uh, exploring like a strange wilderness. Uh, I did not get very far into it to really understand what was happening. Yeah, that was my reaction too. Like, I think it's a roguelike. Maybe uh, I. It seemed it, like it's, it's. Do you think it's randomly generated? I do. Yeah. Huh. Okay. I. I like, like every time I played it, 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 it seemed to be a new map. Okay. I I only played it once. I so I I died a few times and did not get yeah. new maps after that. But maybe okay. if you restart, you get a new map. I could see that yeah. maybe happening. 
Yeah, like it it it's it's very um like it doesn't explain anything. I don't think there are any words in the game. And there, you there are you d- occasionally when you find like a magic wolf, it will say something that doesn't really seem like it's like that it's like that like the wolf recites you a poem yeah it's like the the sort of dreamishness stream of conscious poem that that indie games love when they want to say something about gaia and it right and it just rolls straight over you because it does not actually inform you or mean anything (laughs) right yeah, I, my experience with that was like I played it. I played an hour of it and felt like I figured out some interesting stuff. Uh, and I went back like a week later and played another hour of it and didn't, didn't figure out shit, yeah. like beyond what I'd already learned. And it was and was frustrated enough by that that I stopped playing. Just like it, it seems like the either like I just was having a dumb day or the pacing of of the the puzzle of of how the game works wasn't well designed. Mm. Like maybe you already figured it all out right at the beginning and there wasn't no, anything that would left. Be, that would be so sad if that was <laughs> all that was to the game because I, I didn't actually figure out that much. Yeah, yeah that's... Other than that, you just played The Assignment? Yeah. Shall we talk about The Assignment? Sure. Void Bastards? It's so good. It's super great. I, it's, it gets a little Void samey Bastards. after a while, but it's still fun. Void Bastards is like if Bioshock didn't have any story. Yeah, or it's if, got a little. It's got a little story. It's got like I don't know if it's, if Bio, if if the guys that write for like Judge Dredd and 2000 AD made a Bioshock game, but like wrote the story on a single whiteboard in an afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, or like it's literally a comic book. How can it not have story? Uh, I, I, Riff, you help me out here. What, what's what are some comic books that don't have any story? Uh... Okay, you're right, Kevin. Okay, no, there's that. Fuck, there's one. There's like a a hardcover collection that is they have at every comic shop, and it seems like it's going to be good. And I always pick it up, and then I realize it's just a bunch of pictures and no writing. No story, and it has like a single word name that's like airships or something <laughs> like that. So it's photographs of airships. Yeah, it's just photographs of zeppelins. Okay, all right. <laughs> Did you know that the zeppelin is called the zeppelin because it was invented by a man named Franz von Zeppelin? Wow, that's pretty you know, good. How how can he be von Zeppelin if he hadn't even built? He the hadn't zeppelin built yet. the zeppelin yet. <laughs> yeah. Zeppelin must be like some other thing as mm-hmm. well as the yeah. That's interesting. And also, that the term hot dog was coined by a man named Tad Dorgan. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Not since I passed the McCroskey Mattress Factory in downtown San Francisco have I seen another thing more like something that I made up. <laughs> Uh, Void Bastards is a first-person shooter where you go through a kind of a proc-gen FTL-style map, and you go into uh, ships, and you shoot guys and get resources out of a bunch of containers that you can loot. And the guys swear at you in a British accent. Yeah. The writing is... The writing is real good. Yeah, it's pretty The writing is mostly delivered in just a lot of barks. Yeah, barks and, like, the... the, uh, the, Your AI manager on the ship who sounds like the narrator from Stanley Parable. 
there's a very good reason that he sounds like the narrator from the Stanley Parable. <laughs> is it in fact but the narrator also, from the yeah, Stanley Parable? Yeah, it is in fact the narrator also, from the Stanley Parable. It's also kind of written like that too. Yeah, yeah. I think they. I was listening to the an episode of Nick Sutner's. Uh, I mean, he wasn't on this one, so it's a little uh, disingenuous to call it his podcast. But he's the guy from the Spelunky Show, like that I'm right. friends with. Uh, they had uh, Kara Ellison and Farbs, uh, the other mm. guy who I think is the Captain Forever dude. Farbs definitely made um, Romchek fail, which I like a lot. Um, they had them on, and they, they they the writing changed once they hired that guy. Uh, okay, is what they said because like how could it not? <laughs> um, but yeah, you you have there's kind of an overarching quest line. Y- your progression is saved in terms of like you unlocking new abilities and yeah. weapons, like. uh, but you get kind of randomized consumables and ammo every time you respawn and your characters have uh kind of quirks rogue legacy style perks yeah some of which are just like extremely funny yeah yeah i i just recently got um i what was it i swapped oh i swapped anxious which was the one that made my guy a little bit paranoid so just at random the you're in combat music will kick in regardless of whether you're in combat or not uh i i accidentally lost that one and got it replaced with butterfingers which made made it just every few minutes he would just drop a junk item he was carrying on the floor which is super annoying (laughs) Yeah, that's dumb. <laughs> this game is credited to like a company and then also Farbs. Yeah, that was a weird which was a very thing. like Mark Ronson featuring Ju- Bruno Mars moment. Um one of the perks you can get is overly familiar where instead of oh, yeah. the instead of the monsters <laughs> having just the name, the title card thing of the name of the monster, they just have like a first name. And then there's overly formal where they're all like Mr. whatever. <laughs> Um, and the one where, like, every time you pick something up, your character goes, woohoo, and it alerts everyone nearby. Yeah. <laughs> There's one where you're tall, so you, it's just more of a pain in the ass to, like, loot. You have to duck to loot certain things. There's a, there's a short version. Yeah, of that there's a short too. one, too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I got kind of stalled out and ended up reducing the difficulty and I've played a couple of runs since reducing the difficulty and I'm starting to make progress with some some upgrades and stuff yeah. so I don't I've know been, I mean I've been playing it on the second easiest difficulty and found it pretty good yeah I was playing it on normal and just kept dying sort of I would make the tiniest bit of progress I'd get like one or two components and then die all right like I I've gotten to the ID card ship five times and like four of the times there were pirates there which just wrecked my shit mm. when i got on the ship yeah i don't understand void whale i don't understand how you're meant to survive pirates. deal with pirates the yeah by acquiring a torpedo from somewhere yeah but, once you, but if you yeah. if you don't have one of those if you don't have one i think you're just so screwed. you can see before like am i wrong about this you can see before you enter a ship what's on what kind of enemies are on the ship right usually yeah, yeah but the pirates are a thing that move around on the map and you oh, don't yeah. always so know you would where have they're to like move. avoid them somehow okay. yeah, yeah like move oh. to where they're not going to and it just seemed like every time I would get to that thing, there was always some sort of major hazard. And I don't know if that's by design or, it might or be. what. Um, yeah, I didn't realize that the... I, I knew that you could 
fire a torpedo at a void whale, I guess, but not. I didn't know that you could do that with uh, pirates. Yeah, um, it just happens that, like, automatically. Locations get destroyed and stuff is fascinating. There's a bunch of really interesting systems that all just had to hang together, and you are very much at their mercy. <laughs> um, it looks so good. It I just love, looks like I a comic love book. So it's, much that food is always like a sandwich half. Yeah, there's also and fuel bis- is just yeah. Like, what's a biscuit? Is a biscuit yeah. worth more than one food? I haven't. I don't know. They're, they're yeah, I haven't the figured that out. Yeah, because there's a perk that's like dining rooms always have a biscuit or break rooms always have a biscuit, and like that must be something. There must be. <laughs> Must have some value. Yeah, but the fact that like the perks are like, oh, we'll start putting ammo in these places is kind of nice. Like it. Yeah, because it's just like everything just makes the game easier. Yeah. Yeah. I also like that. um, Besides, like the components for all the the gear you're making, besides finding those components, you can also just craft them out of the scrap that you're acquiring. That seemed like the like a nice two two different ways slow. to get. Well, it it gets better as, at the lower depths. At the lower depths, yeah. yeah. You'll start to get things that are like fifty units of of oh, a thing. Wow. Yeah, and there's those there's those when rooms you where you can upgrade. You can upgrade different items into their next higher component. Like you can upgrade really? an eyeball into a hand, and then a hand <laughs> into a heart. When you say lower depths, is that like, like on the map? Further south okay. on the map. All right. Yeah. Because it, it tells you that there's like you're in a you're in deeper and there are tougher monsters and stuff. Yeah. And, and there like, are only three. Like it doesn't go down all that far. I see. Um, the the tougher monsters are. I've only encountered them a couple times, and they're like definitely weirder. Yeah. The ones that just run They're, away from you every all the time. And... I don't really understand. Like, those things, I've never gotten killed by a scribe. Like, I don't actually understand the way in which they're meant to be a threat. Well, they, they, if you, they see you, if you see them, they start running away. But if you don't yeah, see them, they they'll like sneak you. up on you. The, hmm. they, that's actually the another interesting thing about this game is that I've, I've found that, like, every enemy. Like it's it feels like every enemy has a weapon that's super useful against them, and like finding those strategies has been a lot of fun. Like the the poison dart thing is super good against scribes because you tag them once and they run oh. away and die. And <laughs> and and like, I just found that that thing did so little damage that it was like oh uh, it kills it kills things eventually right yeah. like it's it's great for killing the tourists and the janitors. And the twist I uh, one hit from any gun. Well, but they, but if you don't oh, want to I attract see. attention, to, I see. Yeah, right. And that's is did, like I kind of just looked through the upgrades and saw that there was nothing that actually sort of facilitated or stealth. empowered stealth, and I was like, eh, I'm yeah, just this not isn't gonna... really a stealth game. If you, I mean, you can definitely choose to like walk around enemies and try not to attract their attention, and like. You have the choice of making noise or not. Like there's, yeah. it supports a it kind support, of yeah. It's like not so much stealth as caution. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Um, I liked that they they had the feature from Hunt the Wumpus where they'll just print sound effects oh, on yeah. a doorway. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's very cool. 
and the sound the sound effects identify the kind like the onomatopoeia right. identifies the one of the sound effects is hover yeah it's very good uh i don't understand how to deal with those executive ladies that have the force shield in front of them like oh, they just seem to be i've never seen one of those you, none of your weapons will penetrate their shield and as near as i can tell they're just billboarded to you so <laughs> like the i saw like i was on one ship where there were a bunch of electrical hazards and they seemed to get stuck in the electrical hazards so i don't know if like yeah, I just I don't understand what you're meant to do maybe, about those. Maybe you like have to. Of you. Yeah, maybe you, you have to encounter them without them being aware of you. Or yeah, mm. mine. Or the, oh, kitty. Maybe like torpedo tube. And oh, if they follow the a kitty bot. If they yeah. follow a kitty bot, yeah, maybe you could get to their. Back I guess maybe end. you could. That thing. There's that gun that like sucks people up, and then you can shoot them oh, into sure. a different space. I guess yeah. that's. Uh, I haven't played with that yet. I've got it. I've never successfully used it. I got a guy into it and then i moved him somewhere else and then he killed me do you yeah, that was my question could you put more than one guy in there i don't think you can i see uh there's definitely places where you can just stand there and they'll kill you there's like a re dehydration stations in some of the ships uh so if you teleport a guy in, if you shot a guy into uh, there they would die so maybe that's how you're meant to deal with like screws yeah I mean, you can you can kill screws. They're just like a bunch yeah, of grenades. They're just a, yeah, I, grenades are like st stunning them and just shooting them in the head over and over and then stunning them again. <laughs> it's weird that you say that there's different guns that are effective against different things because I just found that the machine gun thing, the riveter, is just seems yet. much superior to everything else. And mm. I like the stapler, like Stapler's the shotgun, good. basically. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't. I don't know. I kind of like nailing stuff from far away yeah yeah that's definitely much better up close but yeah. it just does so much damage compared to most of the other guns hmm. can't shoot tourists though true tourists you can often kill without actually even firing a shot if you really want to yeah it's kind of risky that's you have true. to you have to run up and get their attention and then run away <laughs> yeah also if you if you shoot them explode. from a distance they'll blow up other enemies nearby which right. is useful too yeah like like blowing up turrets with with a tourist yeah again a bunch of like cool interlocking systems yeah like that it's it's, it's very good it's it like very good. proc gen but it also just has an arc at which point i think you're done and that seems great yep yeah uh, i'd like to keep playing it until i finish it i don't know that i will make it Have you, so you've never actually finished a full no brown or whatever i don't know how many like steps there are to it did you beat it riff no i'm on step three i'm trying to build a cooling system yeah that's exactly where i am too and i've yet to find any of the three parts of that but i just changed the difficulty and i made a ton more progress in my first run on the lower difficulty so yeah i just i kept getting frustrated where i would actually finally have a bunch of resources and then i would just get killed by mm -hmm. A pirate or whatever getting the heart starter upgrade just gives you an entire full health second life that's nice which yeah is very handy although often you still it'll kick in and you're still just surrounded by dudes that yeah. are destroying you. Yeah. <laughs> i was on a ship where the janitors were my allies and there were a bunch of portals just spawning in allied janitors which became actually a major problem because it was really hard to, to get anywhere because there were so many like <laughs> friendly janitors just following me around everywhere <laughs> so i thought that was kind of funny that like it 
they didn't fight you, but they just made actually traversing the space really hard. So that was one of my favorite moments <clears throat> in Half Life. Actually, was there were a couple of places where you could just get a whole bunch of people following you. Oh yeah, just like scientists and how's the, it going, Doctor Freeman? Yeah. <laughs> And like you'd eventually have to abandon them when you climb up an elevator shaft or whatever. But like it, it, it makes a very lonely game feel a little bit more like you have company. Hmm. And it, it's neat that like this game just does that systemically. Yeah, I, I did kind of wonder like if they're my allies, can't I just bring them on my ship and then I can <laughs> take them? Well, why? Is there a lore for why they were your ally? Nope. It was just there's, one a, of the... there's like a word for the yeah. name of the modifier. I don't remember what. Yeah. It's cool that you have traits and the ships that you're going on to have effectively this, this, this their own smattering of traits. Yeah. It's just it's just very well organized and thought out. I uh I spawned onto a ship where the power was out, and I thought that I was just stuck because the power was out, but I uh, there was also a thing that was like you had to leave out a different door than you came in, and I thought that the door was closed on the thing that I went into, <laughs> and I was like, fuck, I'm just stuck, but then it was just standing open. I like oh, It was locked, like it was but looked like I just was like, oh, it's a, it must be a, right. this must be one of those invisible doors, <laughs> but it was kind of dark in there. So it was just like, oh, God, I felt dumb. Anyway, good. Good game. It is a good game. I'm glad that people seem to be buying it. It was still on the like new and note or like the whatever leftmost tab. Uh, not top sellers necessarily, but like the new and whatever. Yeah. Is it? It's not new and noteworthy. That's iTunes. It's the <laughs> trend, new and trending, trending now, whatever that tab on Steam is. Anyway, it was on there like yesterday. So that's good. Yeah, super good. I don't remember how I found out about it. it, it like, this is a game that I'd wish listed. Months ago, I'd seen people tweeting about it for a long time. Yeah, uh, boy, boy, so good, just, just good, very good video game, good, good game. Yeah, the, like having the right mixture of traits that are just funny, that don't really impact your ability to survive, but they just sort of make you chuckle. I think is good because then it's like it doesn't feel like everything that you're yeah, getting. It's not is... like joke a minute. There's still yeah. systemy stuff to interact with. Yeah. Yeah, but but also they can have a really overpowered trait, and that's fine too because because yeah. it's in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, so for our next assignment, we're going to play the game that all of us except Kevin would probably be playing anyway, uh, which is the uh, Crypt of the Necro Dancer meets Legend of Zelda game that's coming out on Switch tomorrow, Cadence yep. of Hyrule. Um, Yay! I'm hoping it's like Crypt of the Necro Dancer, except easy <laughs> enough for me <laughs> yeah. to play. Yeah. <laughs> that would be nice. I have a really hard time playing Crypt of the Necro Dancer on the Switch. I Why don't do you think that is? I don't Do you think know. there's like input lag on your TV? No, I mean, if I'm just playing it on the Switch itself, it's oh. it's bad. I think so, it's, I think it's think partially just playing it with Switch? a controller. I think I think having like instead of having Are each you... direction being a different button on a keyboard, it's the fact that they're all like on the D-pad. A D-pad. You have to move your thumb to do it. Can you of... can you move with the bu- face buttons instead? Uh, I don't know, but I think it's but the fact that it's still a. Probably you can, but I think it's still a problem. Like it's still like I don't want one yeah. finger to be doing like, having to do all the like when I. Like this was a very brief period in my life when I played DDR on a controller, but like I've done it, uh, and you do it with the face buttons. Like it's it's ridiculous to try to, 
like play that game with your with just with your right thumb. I see. So like it, it rather when I say that you do it with the face buttons, I mean you put like a finger on each face button. Oh, whoa, that's yeah, seems crazy that seems town. Crazy. Yeah, like it's the only way to play that sort of game, especially Sorry, I mean, when that like seems ableist town. <laughs> it's uh, especially when like sometimes you have to push the what is it square and circle at the same time. Huh. I can well, imagine they, doing it they with have, they map two other fingers. To those things. Yeah, if you maybe. do it with two fingers, it, you can pretend your hand is dancing on your controller. Right. Got those two huh. little legs. Maybe if maybe you could I train can... a mouse to dance on your controller. Is there? I, I would. <laughs> can you plug a keyboard into a switch and have it recognize it and do things? That is an excellent question. You could play it with a Microsoft Internet keyboard. I feel almost certain that you can plug in a keyboard to type into where places where it wants you to type text. Really? I, I think. I think you might be able to. Yeah. But I would also be surprised if you can do that with and play a game. Yeah. And I bet Cadence of Hyrule is not going to come out on PC. Yeah, no, probably not. You could you could probably ask Ryan for a build. Nah, I, I don't know that I know him well enough to do that. Okay. Someone could. You could. I could. Get me one. I could maybe. I don't know if he... Get us all I don't, all I don't know if he likes me that much. Us and all the listeners. <laughs> it's only the Patreon backers. Can... Okay. That's fine. Anyway, gentlemen, I've had a... Fantastic time recording episode number 374 of Video Games Hot Dog, a pirate radio show on the internet with all y'all. And I hope we do it again real soon. So all aboard, listeners. Avast. <laughs> Be sure to use Avast antivirus to make sure that there aren't any viruses. We've been at sea a long time, and we stopped in some very unclean ports. <laughs> sea lice. Also, make sure to clean your ports. It, it, uh... Bye. Flush them out. Cockaboo. Later. Have a great week, everybody. Bye.